Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Do not know if I'll have a co-host tonight. Cuervos may be here. Trey will not. But we do have some guests going to come on and talk with us. The first guest I'm going to bring on tonight is a friend of mine, Bertram Bradley. He's an Auburn fan, but, but let me tell you, he's an Auburn realist. So he doesn't he doesn't drink the Kool-Aid like some of us do. So we're going to bring him on in just a second. But tonight's agenda, we're going to talk the NFL playoffs. Four huge matchups Saturday and Sunday. And I'm excited about NFL football. I know you are. We're going to preview the national championship game Monday night between Ohio State and Oregon. You know, of course, we're going to talk some college football recruiting and Hall of Fame, so let's get it started. You know, on the recruiting front, Muschamp took the job at Auburn not too long ago, brought over T-Rob. The recruiting starting to pick up, and Bertram wanted to, to share with us tonight, Bertram Bradley, about why is it that Auburn's waiting so long to offer some of these big-time defensive players? What's going on? So I'm going to bring Bertram Bradley on. Bertram, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Well, you and I talked for a second offline, and, and you brought up some good points. Just You wanted to come on and discuss, you know, the, the lack of defensive recruiting by Auburn up to the point where Muschamp got there. So feel free. The floor is yours. Yes, I feel like the sense of urgency is is on offense. Um, we seem to get all the skill position players that running back, offensive linemen, um, quarterback, and you know what I'm saying, receiver. Even even we got the number one eighth back this year. And Ch- you know what I'm saying, and uh, Chandler Cox, he's number one fullback coming out of uh, high school. It's like Gus's main focus has been on offense, and when Moose Chump came over. Um, it was startling to him that we didn't have maybe like I think one maybe defensive lineman, and it's like how can you compete at an SEC level if you only get you know what I'm saying offensive recruits? And it's like I'm afraid that we're going to become the Arkansas version of Bobby Petrino when he was there when he only focused on offense, unless you know what I'm saying Moose Champ changes things, and um. Karen Johnson from um, Alabama, the uh, four-star five-star recruit from Madison Academy. He is a YouTube legend as far as running the ball, but he's also a top-notch safety. And I hope Gus Mazzon doesn't feed him into the uh, the offensive backfield because we're loaded without Karen Johnson at the running back, and we need him at safety. But Auburn's recruited him at running back. And I'm just afraid that we're missing out on defensive targets and expecting Moose Chump to come in and change things overnight by flipping C.C. Jefferson, Coward, and the uh, and the Beckner kid out of Illinois. That's another five-star defensive end that we're going after late. So I'm with you, uh, Bertram. I, I looked at the recruiting class, and I expected Moose Chump to come in and make a – an immediate impact, but not to bring in four or five five-stars all of a sudden. But looking at the defensive line, how many defensive linemen Auburn's losing this year, and, and our weakness of our team is 
Is linebacker really the secondary? I mean, what has the defensive staff been doing? I know Ellis Johnson was a lazy recruiter, but I'm also surprised that, that Ronnie Garner didn't bring more in. I just didn't understand that. Well, I'm the Rodney Garner situation. I know I get it. He's an Auburn guy, but um, you know Rodney Garner played offensive tackle for Auburn. He wasn't on the defensive side of the ball, and I find it strange that he's a defensive, you know, what I'm saying coach. He's a good recruiter and everything like that, and he puts him in the NFL. But to me, that starters me as well. I feel like he would be a better offensive lineman coach, but he coaches D-lineman. And then it's like with Auburn for the last two years, he's, we've kind of had the hybrids at positions like the Rudy Ford. He started off a running back, and he got force-fed to DBs, and now he's a safety. And he got force-fed into the safety position, when we brought in the top safeties out of JUCO and Dan Moncrief and refused to play him. I'm not understanding the logic, you know what I'm saying, behind everything. We have safeties playing corner, and we tried to cross-train Montrevis Adams and Gay Wright, and we saw what that did. So I'm kind of confused, and I hope, you know what I'm saying, Moose Champ gets everything back in order. But – I'm starting to wonder it's not going to be a one-hit success, I was thinking, when Mooscham got there. Like, Auburn has a lot of work to do from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? From the, yeah, they have a lot of work to do. And I'm hoping that he, you know, you know, Bertram, I'm hoping he can come in and bring several of those big four and five stars in. But how good is this recruiting class going to be in 2016 if Muschamp stays? You have Damian Craig on that staff, uh, T-Rob, and now Muschamp and Rodney Garner. I mean, could this be the best class in Auburn history possibly in 2016 if they do their good work? 2016 looks like, you know what I'm saying, could be the class that, you know what I'm saying, prepares us into competing with Alabama realistically on a year-to-year basis because we can't expect people to respect us if we go 8-5 and five after the national championship appearance. And that's all that's happened in 2010. We went undefeated with Cal. Went eight and five the next year. Got the Pasadena with Nick Marshall. Went eight and five the next year. We can't keep having these hiccups. It's a you know what I'm saying like five losses. That's a lot of losses. And you know what yeah. I'm saying. We in the SEC West, and we can't afford to have these down years like that. And expect for people to respect us when the season comes around. We're going to be underdogs because people are going to be sleeping on us next year, and this might be one of our better years, in my opinion. Well, I want to ask you, Bertram, about, real quick, the quarterback position at Auburn coming in. We have Jeremy Johnson there. Are you sold that that he's the quarterback for the next two years, or is there somebody else in there that could run? I've heard Smith could, could actually come in and win the job. Do you think Gus is going to let Jeremy Johnson – be the quarterback, or do you think he's looking for more of a dual dual threat Nick Marshall title? Because I don't think Jeremy Johnson got the playing time that he needed to this year. He had some opportunities. Well, you, well, you know, Gus Malzahn misled, you know what I'm saying, the Auburn Nation and media um, several times this summer, uh, last summer, saying that Jeremy Johnson had a package and he would play, you know, and throughout the year. As we all know, he did not, you know what I'm saying, live up to his, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, that that idea that he had a package for him. Um, I think Jeremy Johnson will be the starter next year, 
Um, but if you look at articles, he's promised Jason Smith he would get his shot. And I'm not sure why he would do that to Jeremy Johnson other than maybe mm-hmm. I've heard Jeremy Johnson doesn't have a good practice work ethic. So maybe that's a motivational tool that he's using to show him that, okay, we're going to bring somebody to compete with you. But I feel like Jeremy Johnson is an Auburn quarterback, and if he has a good year as a junior, uh, he won't be back for um, a senior year. Yeah. How big is it Duke Williams coming back for his senior season? That's that's the biggest recruit Auburn has, Duke, I think. Duke Williams, uh, well, I'll be more happy after the 15th because <laughs> that's when he had he has up until the 15th to declare. Um, something in me still tells me that, you know what I'm saying, he's going to declare. So ask me ask me that question around January 16th, and I'll probably be a little more happy about Duke Williams. <laughs> well, all right, Bertram, man. Thanks for the call. And call in any time. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, War Eagle, man. All right, man, War Eagle. Where are you going? We're going to bring Cuervo on in just a second. That's Bertram Bradley. Big Auburn guy. He he tells it like it is. He he, he really doesn't wear the glasses. Sometimes he, he puts me in check, too, keeps me being as real as I can be. That's why I don't talk too much Auburn sports as much. I, I, I like to, to, to stay neutral in a way on the air. But the Auburn Tigers, man, with, with got Will Muschamp coming in, T-Rob with the recruiters we have, Damian Craig, I mean, this could be a special recruiting year. We have one month left in this in this recruiting. I do think we're going to make a push. It could be a, a big, big signing day for for the Auburn Tigers. And we're waiting on Cuervo to get in. He just called, and he, he'll be back in in just a second. But it's just so hard to come in. And the good thing about Muschamp is, like Bertram said, he had a relationship with some of these guys already because, you know, Muschamp come in, he was surprised that, at the defensive side of the ball, the lack of numbers there. But luckily, he, he has a good relationship. He can put people into the NFL. And I think that's one of the reasons Auburn struggled, one of the reasons lazy recruiting sometimes. But the other, I mean, they go to Alabama. It just seems like all the Alabama players get into the NFL. You look at what Mosley's doing right now, the rookie going to Baltimore, he's a pro bowler. So hopefully now we have a coach that that – you can match Nick Saban and, and Kirby Smart there on the defensive side of the ball. Because you look at the offensive side of the ball, it's always taken care of as long as Gus is there. And and that's the thing about being an offensive-minded head coach. You're going to put more weight on offense than defense. So thank God for Will Muschamp coming into Auburn. Hopefully can can bring our defense back up to a top ten and, and win a championship for us. So Cuervo is with us. Cuervo, welcome to the show, bud. How's it going? Hey, Hardman, how are you, my friend? Good evening to you. Good evening. Doing good. Talking a little college football recruiting, Cuervo. Talking about Muscat's move. Auburn is currently number 12 with 24-7 sports with CBS. How far do you think they can go up by by signing day? Uh, Well, you know, I mean, I I think they can be, you know, a top seven recruiting class. I really do, especially if, Things are going the way they are now on the defensive side. I mean, you mess, you mentioned Will Muschamp. Um, you know, at least as a defensive coordinator, he has an awesome resume. So that that's really going to help Auburn as far as bringing in top uh, defensive 
players and things like that, and you know, and, and you know, and also some of the history speaks for itself too. When you when you uh, take guys and, and and you put guys like Dansby and, and Nick Fairley into the NFL, that speaks uh, uh, you know a very very high volume about uh, Auburn University and what they can bring on a defensive uh, level. Well, what's disappointing to me is is I look at Auburn at 12 right now, and that's that's not very good coming off playing in a national championship, really. And you see teams like Tennessee at number four, Georgia at number three, and, of course, Alabama one, Florida State two. It's just disappointing to me that, that at this time of the year we're at number 12. Well, I mean, the best is yet to come for, for recruiting for all teams. And, you know, so – but that being said, that's why I expect Auburn to, you know, get into the top seven. And I'm sure there's a team that's up there that I expect to drop. I don't know. I, I mean, I heard you mention a couple of teams. I think Georgia drops. I really do. Because you, you think about it, Tarvin, it, it, you're getting Mark Rick back again, and you're bringing in a guy like, like Schottenheimer who hasn't really Terrible hire. Yet. Yeah, in the NFL. So, how 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 um, if I if I'm a high school senior, how tempting does that sound? Or how you know that doesn't sound very interesting to me. I'm not very interested in Georgia right now. So, I I think Georgia's stock is starting to fall. Um, you know, going through the ground. I really do, and I think Georgia's going to be that team that falls, and Auburn Auburn jumps up. Well, I think Nick Chubb helps George's recruiting because I think a lot of players want to come play with this kid. I haven't seen a running back this good in a long time, man. And and I know people talk about Gurley. He's great and everything. But this Nick Chubb guy is, is special. He's a humble kid. And, and I think a lot of players want to come play with him. And he's only a freshman, isn't he? Is he is he's about to be a sophomore yep. next year? Or, yes, or is he going to be a junior? He'll be a sophomore. Yeah, see, so, I mean, that that right there – See, but that, but and you know, I mean, but that's that's your only selling point, though. You know, when you're Auburn, you got you got more. In my opinion, you have more things that you can you can sell. You know, you have a quarterback, and 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 depending on are both receivers going to be gone for Auburn? Is is coach is coach leaving as well as the other guy? No, Duke Williams is staying. Coach is leaving. So there you go. I mean, you got. You got a guy in Johnson because it sounds like Nick Marshall is going to be gone after this year. I think he, he, he yeah, sounds like he senior. played his last game already. So yeah, he's a senior. You know, you, yeah, you have you have those two guys, you know, in, in Johnson and Williams that are going to be staying. You have a guy in Gus Malzahn who's been there, um, who's still he's still pretty fresh faced to Auburn uh, as the head coach, in my opinion. So I, I just think you know when you think things like that. Um, and, and Auburn's been to a couple of national championships. See, Georgia hasn't gotten there, and I think that's going to be the biggest selling point is, you know, the fact that, yeah, you may not get there every year, but at least Auburn has gotten there, and, and Georgia can't say that. So, I think I think that's why that's why I feel like they're going to drop, and they're not going to be able to do yeah. as well. Yeah, Quavo, is that your phone? No, I'm, I'm a, I'm, no, that's that's my microwave. I apologize. I'm warming some dinner up, but I'm done now, so you won't have to hear it no more. 
All right, good. Thank you, sir. I didn't know what that was. I was looking at my phone and trying to check the computer. But let's move on real quick. I will say this real quick, that that college football recruiting will be early in February, and these coaches have have one month to be able to come in, take care of business, and and to sign these players. And and the best is yet to come, I think. You know, some of these big – uh, blue chippers are waiting, and that gives Muschamp more time. And I know a big receiver decommitted from Texas. The writing was on the wall there. He's going to come to Auburn. So I, I think at the end of the day, honestly, yeah, 12 is not real good right now. You look at 12 four-stars, eight three-stars, no five-stars. I think at the end of the day we end up with two to three five-stars and maybe about 16 four-stars. So I think we could end up in the top five by the end of the season. So we'll see how Auburn looks. How hard of how how much ground they have to make up because it's all about relationships and sometimes if you wait too late to to make a move it can it can just be too late some of these kids don't feel safe they're already you know in between they don't know what to do but I will tell you one player that's that's really going to help Auburn is Javon Robinson the running back he is a, a complete stud and a lot of people remember his name he he was he was a five star actually I thought. He came to Auburn. He he didn't get to play because of the grade-fixing issue with Memphis. It had nothing to do with Auburn. It had everything to do with his high school teacher. But this kid dominated JUCO. He's going to be back in, in full force this year with two, I think two, maybe three years to play at the collegiate level. So I'm excited to see him. And, and it's going to be fun to see what they can do. So eight and five, like Bertram said, I mean, every time you have a special season, you follow it up with a, an 8-5 and five record, it's just, it's not good. And you look at Alabama, 12-2 and two this year was a terrible year for them. They lost to Ohio State. But if you look at it, ever since Nick Saban's been at Alabama, if you, take, you scratch that first year away, they've been in every game they've played, really. They do not get blown out. They, they're competitive. And two losses is the, the worst season they've had, really, or three. They had 9-3 and three in 2010. That's what I'm looking for out of Gus Malzahn. If you're going to be considered an elite coach, you have to be able to put some consistent seasons together, win a couple championships, and keep that recruiting train rolling. That, that's what Bertram said, and it's right. That's what separates Alabama from Auburn right now. A great 2015 recruiting class followed with a real good 2016 class will put us about even with them. So we'll see. We're going to talk some recruiting closer to the time when recruiting comes. But right now, we're going to go to the NFL. Cuervo, I know, I know, I'm excited. But how are you feeling about this weekend's games? I mean, you couldn't ask for better matchups. No, definitely not, Tarvin. I mean, this is this is you know considered the best weekend in the NFL aside from the Super Bowl. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good games, and, and I mean, anything can happen. I mean, anything can happen. We could see. Four upsets, we can see, you know, no upsets. Um, you just never know. Well, we're going to start off, I believe, Saturday afternoon is the first game. And, I mean, I look at the matchups and I'm I'm excited. And I'm, I'm more excited, of course, about the Carolina Panthers, a, a night game in Seattle. They're a 10.5-point underdogs. But let's start at, at the 4.35 p.m. Eastern game Saturday in Foxborough, the Baltimore Ravens, a team that they always play good in the wild card. They always went on the road. Now they get to go to Foxborough. This this just seems like 
Groundhog Day, Cuervo. It seems like we're always watching this matchup. It just seems to me, and maybe it's not, but every year we watch Baltimore and New England play. I mean, what what kind of chance are you giving Baltimore to go on the road and to beat a Tom Brady team? And remember, this New England defense is is legit, and I think that's why I like the New England Patriots. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say that, Tarvin, but you know, I just there's just something about Flacco against against that team. And and I don't want to I don't want to go as far as saying, oh well Flacco has their number I don't even know what that means but he plays well against them he, and and they could easily be three and zero against New England in New England in the playoffs if it wasn't for one drop pass and a missed field goal so um you know I give I give to answer your question I give Baltimore a very good chance to win this football game. And I know New England's defense has improved. Uh, However, we haven't seen them in the playoffs yet. So there's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. You're right. Playoff football and regular season football. And and you're right. But the difference is there's two differences, Belichick and Brady. I mean, really, that's all I have to say, really, right? I mean, Harbaugh's a good coach, but he's not to that level yet. Flacco sucks. And you know he's not uh, to Brady's level. But I will give Flacco some credit. He he does find a way to win on the road in the playoffs, and that's a, that's a rarity. That's why he got that big contract. He won that Super Bowl winning all the – how many road games did they win that year win the Super Bowl? Was it like two road games? They they hosted the Wild – no, they played all three of them on the road, didn't they? No, they, they played uh, – they played – the first game was at home. It was against the Colts. And then they beat um, – New England, and they beat uh, somebody else. I think it was Denver. Yeah, it was Denver. Yeah. At, at Denver and at New England. So they they won two road games, and then they wound up, you know, they went to the Super Bowl and won that game. So that was the uh, that's how they did it. Well, the over under in this game forty seven and a half, which which means there's going to be some points scored in this game, probably a seven point line. I like New England, Gronkowski. I know Baltimore's defense is good, but I think that's the X factor right there. That's the person that's hard to match up. But I will give Baltimore credit. That defense has started playing lights out here of late, and it's playoff football. Again, like you said, regular season playoff. You watched the Ravens play last week on the road. They dominated Pittsburgh up front physically. They were fast to the ball. And if they can do that in New England, they have a shot. And that's why I give them a very good shot to win this game, Tarv. I just, you know, it just feels to me like, you know, some teams they they play well in the regular seasons and and they decline a little bit, you know, when it comes to the playoffs. Well, I feel like the Ravens are a team that kind of do just enough to get by to get it to the playoffs, and then when they get to the playoffs, their their game elevates, especially uh, your guy Flacco. So. <laughs> I, I, I really feel like I really feel like uh, you know Flacco is, is is a guy that plays better in the, in the playoffs. So I mean he's done it the past two playoffs. years that he's been in. Yeah, well, I mean we're talking about playoffs. So it, it just I don't think he's thrown an interception in what five playoff games now, six playoff games. Because I don't think he threw an uh, interception against Pittsburgh. So I wonder. I wonder. No, he didn't actually. I wonder what the the age of Tom Brady here. The winter time, I know he's used to it, but it's still different. I mean, if you're Tom Brady at your age, do you kind of 
maybe fear playing a team like Baltimore that when they, I mean, they're not dirty, but they play very aggressive. They're different than Detroit. Detroit's a dirty team and they hit you hard, but Baltimore is just a, a blue collar team that comes in and pounds you. I mean, how much pressure does Baltimore need to get on Brady to, to be able to win this game? I think they need to get a lot on him because if not, I mean, he's just going to pick you apart. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what defense you are. You give Brady the time to, to pick you apart, he's going to do it. And, and that's what you you look at. With that year that they beat the Patriots and the uh, Broncos, that's what they – I mean, they still had Ray Lewis, they, and, and Ed Reed was still uh, playing at a decent level, and that's what they did that year. They got pressure uh, constantly on your quarterback. They did it to Kaepernick in the Super Bowl. So that's – yeah, they're going to have to have it, – it can't be – something where they sack Brady twice and expect to win the game. No, they're going to have to constantly bring different blitz packages. And I, and I think this is the opportunity for uh, C.J. Mosley, the rookie, to really – I mean, I, he's already shined as a player, Tarvin, but I think this could be the opportunity for him to, to become a, a, a star, a star linebacker. Yep, I, I agree. And Harbaugh is is a good coach, and I think you know he's a he's a just like his brother. He's a good coach, and he he wins games. I think people overlook him a little bit. Unlike Jim Harbaugh, I just don't think he gets enough respect now with Baltimore. I just think he's always even after beating his brother, I still think he was always underneath his brother in people's eyes. So this is a chance for him to go on the road, beat another you know, top quarterback and, and getting that AFC championship game. Because if Baltimore beats New England, who's to say they can't go into Denver or play Indianapolis and beat them? This could be their ticket to the Super Bowl right here in this game. So what's the weather? Do you know what's going to be like in Foxborough? I don't think it matters with both of these teams. They they actually play in cold weather. So Yeah, no, I, I looked at it, Tarvin. It's going to be cold, but there's no snow or anything like that. So – but I, I will say this. This is my bold prediction, if you will. Um, I think the winner of this game does go to the Super Bowl. I, I, I think that's what I do think. The winner of this game obviously goes to the AFC Championship game, and I think they, I think they move on to Super Bowl. What is it, fifty, forty-nine, whatever it is. So that, that's what yeah, I'm getting old. I think. Yeah, I'm getting old, man. These Super Bowls keep going up every year. But I'm I'm with you. I think the winner of this game can go. I think the Broncos, we'll talk about them in a minute, they're struggling a little bit. I'm not, I don't trust them right now. But let's go to the night game. And the good thing for Carolina, the temperature is going to be in the 40s at game time, and it's going to be only a 40% chance of rain during the day. Cuervo, it could be a lot worse for Carolina. We could be talking about teens a lot of snow and ice, but I think Carolina got lucky in this. They did, Tarvin, and, you know, honestly, I think uh, the the only other real chance I give Carolina is that, you know, half the stadium doesn't show up because it's going to be loud, and it's going to be hard for Cam Newton to <laughs> on his offense in that stadium. It's it, it, – Carolina's, they've got a tough, tough game ahead of them, Tarvin. They really do. Well, Cam Newton struggles at home, I mean, you know, with making decisions sometimes. And, and you know, I can't say 
you know, he's he's a rookie anymore, really. I mean, he's, this is his fourth year. I expect, you know, you can throw that, that new quarterback to the league. But this is his first game. This is his biggest game of his career, I could say this. You know, a chance to go to the NFC Championship game, play in the defending Super Bowl champions. And one thing Carolina has done over the past couple of years, they've played Seattle close and competitive. I think this is a great matchup for Carolina. I know the crowd's going to be loud, but if you look at the way Russell Wilson and that offense, they're they're almost like mirror images of each other. So it's not like we've got a Carolina's got to go out and stop Aaron Rodgers or, or someone like that. They're going out Russell Wilson. They contain him, keep everything in front of him. That Carolina defense is playing its best football by far of the year. So could Carolina be peaking at the right time, Cuervo, and could come on the road and, and beat this team? Because I'm not I'm not afraid of Seattle like I was last year. I think this team has has taken a step back since last year. Well, I mean, they, they did lose a lot on the defensive side with a lot of the guys that they lost up front and whatnot. But I think an injury that a lot of guys aren't talking about that I think is really going to hurt the Panthers big time is your defensive tackle, uh, Star Lutu. I forgot to say his last name now, but uh, that guy, Star Lutuloli. Him not being in this, in, being out for this game with a broken foot, I think is, is going to hurt Carolina so much. And the reason I say that is because the one, the one thing that that I think the Panthers need to do to in order to win this football game. You cannot let Skittles go loose. You cannot let him oh, go for 150 yards and a couple of scores, or else Seattle's got you right where where they want you. And so, I think that's the only chance Skittles, I really Skittles get. is going to get Skittles is going to get swallowed up. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's, it's it, it makes it that much more difficult when you don't have one of your top defensive tackles in the lineup. Yeah, it does. So, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's Carolina playing with house money. Oh, I feel like they're a team that's playing with, with house money. They're getting hot. They have nothing to lose. They they had a losing record. I mean, all they have to do is come in and throw the kitchen sink at Seattle and just let it play out and see what happens. That crowd doesn't make much of a factor if you jump on a team by two touchdowns early. And I think that's the key for Carolina, Cuervo, Get to a good start, get Cam Newton comfortable, get the ground game going, some safe passes, get some rhythm, you know, and that's the key. If they come out three and out a couple times and Seattle scores, it's over. That's how quick it can not just that. Yeah, and not just that, but you know, let's say let's say for, for the sake of all Panther fans, let's say the Panthers jump out to a ten nothing lead. You can't in your head say, Oh, we, we, we won the game because you still got two and a half, three quarters to go. And you can't you can't let off the gas against against the Seahawks. Not at home, not in the playoffs. It's it's just not going to happen. You got to play four quarters up there when you're you know look at the Dallas Cowboys. They you know the one team that beat them in Seattle. They played to the last second, and that's what you have to do. So if Carolina somehow jumps out to a lead, Jarvin, they can't they can't let off the gas and say oh yeah you know we're gonna we're just gonna hold on to this lead and expect to win. It's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and and I, I'm afraid of the crowd. I, I give it to you there, you know, and I'm all about the fast start. But is this a game? I mean, what if Cam Newton comes in and plays the old Cam Newton and, you know, he, he just doesn't play well. He throws two or three picks. 
And, I mean, how are we going to perceive him and view him if he loses this game, being a regular old cam, or if he steps up and wins a huge night road game against the defending champions? How big is this game for him? Well, I think it's, I think it is big for him because this is his opportunity to, uh, you know, move up into another, I guess, tier of quarterbacks because right now he's just considered just another guy. There's There's nothing that – makes him above average, and he plays well enough to not be considered below average. I think he's just right there at status quo. He's, he's right where he, quote, unquote, needs to be. Um, so that, I, I think a win like this would, would bring him into an above average tier of quarterbacks. Um, maybe not Phillip Rivers above average, but, you know, maybe as, as good as Flacco without the ring, obviously, but – I think yeah, and Sonny would love that. By the way, you can, as far as as far as ability, I think you know he could be getting close to the to the Flacco tier of quarterbacks. Uh, Flacco, I, I put Cam at a better level than Flacco. I mean, I mean Flacco sucks. I'm sorry, he, he does. Sonny, I know Sonny loves him. But I, I just I'm not a Flacco. I don't trust him really. And you know what? I don't trust Cam Newton until he shows me what he can do in a big time game. Because I watched some of those throws last week and granted Arizona's a good team, Cuervo. Defensive team. They're a good defensive team. He made some throws last weekend that I don't think he gets back this weekend if he does it. They're gonna be pick sixes to the house. So being on the road, you have to. I, th- I think what you do is you do the zone read. You let him run the football for one game. I'm not talking about an entire season. You let him control it. I don't think Seattle can stop it. You, you really free Sherman out. You keep him out of the game really, and you just run right at him. And I think that's what the game plan is going to be with Carolina. You wait and see. It's going to be the shotgun zone read. Cam Newton's going to run for over 100 yards, and I think if he does, I think you know that's going to be a huge day. What? Yeah, you you play the short game with them. Play the short game with Seattle. Don't try to go deep, and you're not gonna you're not gonna get fancy with the Seahawks. That that is definitely not gonna happen. So, you know, uh, running Benjamin, you know, on, on uh, fly routes and things like that. You, I mean, you're you might as well not even show up if that's your game plan. You gotta hit. You gotta like you said, whether it's zone lead or just short passes. You know, and. and don't be afraid to get Jonathan Stewart involved. I mean, you, you cannot panic against this this uh, uh, Seahawks team, or else again, you're playing right into what they want to do. Because, I mean, everybody wants to play Seattle with their A plus game. Well, your A plus game is not try to hit them deep. Like that, that that's just not going to happen. Because when you have safeties waiting there, just ready to intercept whatever pass you throw up. Don't play. Don't play into their into what they want you to do. They want you to go deep. They want you to try and hit them for long passes. Don't give it to them. Make their linebackers work. And I think that's their weak spot. Tarvin is their linebackers. Exactly. Run it right at them. And Cam Newton, especially. I think the. I think third down this weekend is going to tell us who's going to win this game. I think when you see third and short, if Carolina's in a lot of third and threes, third and fours, I think they have a real good shot uh, to beat Seattle because that's when Cam Newton can really run the football. And you can't stop him for three or four yards most of the time. That's, that's automatic 
as long as the offensive line is doing it. But I'm telling you out there, if you're listening, take the ten and a half points. Uh, I'm not afraid of that Seattle offense because I'm watching Carolina's defense, and yeah, Tuliolo, whatever his name is, is out. But I still think that defense is good enough right now. Next man up, get in there and, and hit somebody. But this is in Seattle. This is not neutral site. This is not in Carolina. It's in Seattle. So who are you picking, Cuervo? Well, you promise not to get mad at me, Tarvin. I, I just, I just, yeah. I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I, Seattle's going to win this game. I can't do it. I think so too. I think so too. But it's going to be closer than ten and a half points. I think. I think it'll be about a six point game. But it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm pulling for Carolina, but it's hard for me to go against Seattle at night. I mean, when they're at home, that crowd's just way too much. It is. It is. And, and, and you know, that that's going to be – and that's another reason why I say, you know, this is an opportunity for Cam to to really move up in, in, in the class of quarterbacks because if if he could play – if he could somehow win this game, what that, what that shows is that he has composure, he has a lot of maturity, and, a, you know, a lot of heart, which I don't think anybody questions Cam Newton's heart, but, you know, to be able to go in there and, and, and fight – for 60 minutes against a team like the Seattle Seahawks, the defending Super Bowl champion, and all that. I mean, that right there is going to take a lot of courage on Cam's part. So um, I think if he plays even a three-point game, I think people start looking at Cam a little bit different. Yeah. We'll, we'll say, who did you pick in the first game, Baltimore or New England? Oh. <laughs> I think I'm gonna pull the trigger on that one, Tarvin. I, I, I just something tells me that this is this is another one of those years where Baltimore grinds it out, finds a way. And it's almost like when adversity is is on, you know, with that team, they always rise to to another level. And this year it was the Ray Rice thing and whatnot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull the trigger, Tarvin. I'm, I'm gonna take the Ravens. Well, I can see it. I mean, I can, I can see why you would do that, but I just cannot go against Tom Brady at this point in his career because he understands he's only has a few more. He only has a few more years left, and he can't waste it with home field advantage right now. So, I mean, I, I think he understands how big it is. His road to the Super Bowl comes through Foxborough, and I just think he gets it done. So I'm going to take the Patriots in that one. You're, we're both taking the Seahawks, but in a close game. And now let's move to Sunday's uh, menu here. The first game, which which I think, honestly, I'd like to see that in the afternoon game more, Green Bay and Dallas. Two teams that that you, you fear right now. I mean, they're playing great football, but the one thing that, that stands out to me, a bye week for Green Bay, Cuervo, and Aaron Rodgers in, the, in cold weather. I mean, this is – it's going to be nasty. And Dallas, I mean, they're undefeated on the road, but have they really played a, a caliber team in the winter like Green Bay? I mean, they beat Seattle early in the season, but that's before Seattle got going. How much faith do you have in Dallas going on the road and getting a win? Um, honestly, uh, as much chance as, as, I, as I give, uh, you know, 
the the the, the Broncos or the Colts beating the Broncos. To be honest with you, uh, I I don't I just don't I don't see it. I mean, I know Dallas is playing well, and I know they're undefeated on the road, and that's what everybody's talking about, and and that's great. No, what we're I think what we're failing to remember is two of those wins were against the Washington Redskins. Okay. Two of those, another two of those wins were against bad giant teams. So that's half of your road wins. I mean, it's not like, you know, they they played Green Bay, they played Seattle. Hold on, hold on. How, did, how did how did they play Washington twice on the road? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So they okay. So so one of those one was against Washington. <laughs> one was against the Giants. So that's two, right? And then you had another one where they played. Uh, well, let's look at their. I'm gonna look at the schedule real quick. The, the, I think what I'm trying to get at is the, the level of competition on the road for the Cowboys wasn't that wasn't that great, is what I'm saying. So uh, they played. Okay, here you go. They played the Titans on the road. They had to come back against the St. Louis Rams. They they beat Seattle. They played. They played Jacksonville in London. The Giants. The Bears, which. I mean that wasn't really much to worry about. Then the Eagles and then the Redskins. So, you know, I mean that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. I mean, that's not a. I mean, you know, that's some respectable win, especially you talk about the Bears. And I know they struggle, but at the time it was, you know, it was that was Monday Night Football, wasn't it? No, it was a Thursday night game. Or okay, Thursday night. I remember it was a night game. But you know Dallas has what it takes. They have the offensive line. They have the quarterback that that's hot right now. They have Murray. They have some big time receivers. The defense is playing better. Uh, I mean, they they have all the tools what it takes to go on the road. But I think one thing that that we discount that nobody's talking about is coaching. I just don't trust Garrett this part of the playoffs mm-hmm. on the road. What has he ever done before, really? Uh, and, that, and that's a fair question. That's a fair question, Tyron, because, you know, they, they've they won now two playoff games with Garrett as the head coach. And well, the last time they won a game, they went to Minnesota and, and got clobbered by Brett Favre and the Vikings, you know, after they won their first round game. So um, I really don't expect much different in this one. Uh, I, I think Green Bay is, is – Playing it on a level that Dallas just can't match, especially in the secondary. I think I think Rodgers has probably the biggest day statistically out of every quarterback this weekend. Yeah, and you know all, all he's telling people to do is R E L A X. You know, I mean that's it. Green Bay at home. You have. I mean, I just think this team is going to put it to another level too in the playoffs, and they're not playing a team that's giving them trouble. You know, thank God for them, San Francisco's out of the playoffs because that's the team that that has really, really hurt Green Bay, right, Cuervo, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. There's no sign of them right now. Uh-uh. No, that, and that's been the one team that has been able to compete with the 49ers or with the Packers, and, and, and you know, they knocked them out of the playoffs two years in a row, I believe it was, so – um, you know, now that San Francisco's not around, this, this could be the year that they make it to the next round and uh, probably wind up playing 
Seattle. Now, I'm I'm going to be rooting for the Panthers. All right, I am because I like to see a big shakeup in in in, in the NFL. Um, but more than likely, they're going to wind up. It's going to be Green Bay, Seattle for the for the rights to the Super Bowl. Imagine next weekend, Green Bay, Seattle, Denver, uh, Patriots. I mean, those could be ah, huge. But I have a question for you, real quick. What's going to get more of a – who's going to watch more? Is it the, the college championship, this, the national championship game, or the playoffs this weekend? Which one do you think will be higher watch? You know what? I, I, this may surprise you, but I think the national championship is going to get better ratings because because the SEC is not, not in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. People, people love to be haters or whatever because they know who the best is, but people are going to watch because of the fact that it's not, oh, it's another SEC team playing. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't think the game is going to be as good as people think, but, you know, they're still going to watch. I think Oregon, and we'll talk about that in a little while, will take care of business. But I, I think you're right in a way, but I also think when you hate something so much and you're jealous of it, you will tune in. And I think – Alabama not being in this game will hurt ratings a little bit. If this was Alabama and Oregon, oh, my God, record. I mean, you it would be a record. But I think Ohio State being in there with a third-string quarterback, the point spread being seven, I just think it's going to be down more than what it would be Alabama-Oregon. That was the matchup. But just think, if we didn't have this four-team playoff, we would not be seeing Oregon or Ohio State in this game. It would be Florida State and Alabama. Um, see, that's how good the playoffs done so far. It, it kind of opens the field up a little bit, and it gives you more of a, a view. Just think about that, Cuervo. Without this playoff, we would be watching Alabama and Florida State, and that wouldn't be as good a game as what we're going to see with the 14 playoff, really, all the games we got to watch. And you know what, Tarvin? You may, you may cut me off. For what I'm about to say, I may piss somebody off. For what I'm about to say, you may get guys emailing you, messaging you, saying, don't ever let this dude on your show ever again. But <laughs> I'm going to say it anyways. I I would have preferred to see that game, Alabama-Florida State. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. All right? And this is no disrespect to Oregon. This is no disrespect to Ohio State because I know Urban Meyer – is a fantastic coach. I had to deal with him when he was in Florida, Paul. Um, so <laughs> the reason I wanted to see Alabama, Florida, because I just, I just genuinely feel like you have more NFL talent on those two teams, and I feel oh, like definitely. all that, all that talent on one field, play, just like last year's game, uh, Auburn, Florida State. Yes, it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but it was a great game. You think about all the talent that was on the field on that night. You got Trey Mason, who's doing his thing in St. Louis now. You got uh, Kelvin Benjamin, who, who's playing in the playoff game on Saturday for the Carolina Panthers. And, and, and I haven't even – I mean, that's just two names. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other guys that I didn't even – you know, I haven't even mentioned yet. But that's the only reason why I wanted to see – Bama, Florida State, because of the, the and all the NFL talent that is going to get drafted, uh, you know, going into the, the spring from those two teams. Some good points, and yeah, Florida State last year, 
I think if you put that team, Florida State, on the field against Oregon last weekend, Florida State would have wiped the floor with them. I mean, that that team had so many players drafted, and you, you're talking about some Jernigan, and you had the running back, Freeman, that's with the Falcons. I mean, so many of these rookies are actually playing and, and contributing to the team. Now you have Winston that's going to be coming out and, and going to the NFL. That was announced today. His dad came out last year and said, oh, he's staying four years. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. Like, I, you can go back to this show, and I made fun of the guy. But you're right. Talent is talent. And I'm, I'm sorry, Ohio State, yeah, they're getting a lot better. They have that NFL talent, too. But I just don't think it's as, as good as Alabama and Florida State, obviously. You're right. That's a good point. But – I think the ratings for Alabama and Florida State would be off the chain, Cuervo. I just think that Ohio State being in there, and I know it's a it's a good market and everything, but it's nothing like Alabama and Florida State would be if they were in the championship against, you know, that's, Oregon. That's, a, that's exactly why. You know, and again, no disrespect to Oregon, but let's be honest. You know, and, and, and they already ruined it for everybody. People want to see Oregon because they just want to see what kind of uniform they're going to wear. But they already revealed the <laughs> uniform. And, and I think people are disappointed in how plain it's going to look. But, you know, th- that's why people like to support <laughs> man. I wonder what color uniform they're going to wear tonight. Like, <laughs> come on. Let's, I mean, seriously. And anyway, people out there that think Marcus Mariota is going to be a, a, a home run hit for a quarterback in the NFL, uh, you, you, need, you need football 101 classes because there's no way it's happening. He can't make the throws. He can't do that. Yeah, he's, I don't not, see he's, that NFL, he's just not NFL material. I'm sorry. Being a nice guy, being a cool guy, that's not going to get you, uh, you know, get you paid in the NFL. It's not going to make you successful. He's he's going to be another Oregon bust, just like all the other Oregon quarterbacks that have come out of that school, like Dennis Dixon and and, and Joey Harrington, and I don't even know who else came out of that out of that. University, but they're fun to watch. I, I'll admit that they're fun to watch, and they've got fast running backs, and that's great and all. But it does not, it does not equal the NFL. It doesn't. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Let's look at Florida State. You talk about Winston Mariota being the top two quarterbacks. Name me the last two successful quarterbacks in the NFL from those schools. Go ahead. I'll be waiting on you. Uh, honestly. <laughs> Well, first of all, there is there isn't one from what Dan Fouts. There, that's the last Oregon quarterback that was that was uh, you know successful in the NFL. And, and how how old is he now? But and in Florida State, I mean, my God, I mean, Christian Ponder's got to be the worst backup in the NFL. So there you go. Yeah, you look at that. I look at it. Yeah, Mariota six four what, 230 or something. He's a muscle guy. He's, he's not fat. Like, Winston's bigger than he looks like. But Mariota uses that running game to help him out. But in the NFL, ask Cam Newton. It's tough to do that. Ask ask RG3 how he, how he did with it. I mean, he can't stay healthy. And that's what I see because you're going to see Mariota probably go to Tampa Bay and get killed. I mean, that, that's really – the team's terrible. And that's the problem. And I think a lot of these – these quarterbacks, the problem is they get on such sucky teams and they get ran into the ground, and then all of a sudden their career is over. They don't get a chance like Russell Wilson 
that's not a very good quarterback, I don't think. I mean, he's not a, a great elite quarterback. I don't I don't think he was, really. I mean, hell, Wisconsin or the NC State wanted him to go. That's pretty bad when an ACC team kicks you off the team. And and then all of a sudden, he's in a good Seattle team in the right situation with free agents, and he makes it. There's stories like that, and those are good. But Cam Newton coming to the first pick, Carolina, a two-win team, what he's done to me is phenomenal compared to what Russell Wilson's done, honestly. But you don't see many quarterbacks make it, do you? I think I think Bortles is going to do good. I think, you know, the kid from Minnesota, Bridgewater, is going to do okay. But I just don't see Mariota or Winston making it in the NFL. I don't. Yeah, and you know, another thing about uh... – <laughs> sorry, Sarvin. Another thing about uh, Cam Newton, too, is you think about this. He got drafted by a team that won one game the year before. I think it was, right? The Panthers? I think one, they win one like, or two. Yeah, so they were like a two-win team when when he got drafted by them. He instantly made them a contender in that division. I think they had went six and ten or seven and nine the next year, and then last year yep. he, he made them a playoff team. They were a playoff team. So, I mean, that's how quick he made that team. See, Seattle was already primed to, to make a run when when uh, the, the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson. So, you know, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I definitely get what you're saying. And it's the same thing with Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck, not only did he have to, you know, uh, did he get drafted by a team that won two games, but, you know, to, ha- to have to replace a legend in, 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 in Indianapolis, that's not easy to do. I mean nope. – they never, they never found a, a replacement for John Elway in Denver until Peyton Manning went there. So it's not easy to replace guys like that. You're right. I mean, that, and that's why when you when you and Sonny or Sonny, the most part, talk about Cam Newton sucks and all this, and he's not elite. Well, to me, an elite quarterback takes a team and on his back and actually takes the steps and, and makes them a contender. You, like you said, they went from two wins, they went seven to nine, they won their last, I think, four or five games that year, his second or his first year, and then he took them to the playoffs last year. I mean, now this year they're in the playoffs with a losing record, but the bottom line is they got a playoff win, and we'll see how he does. But that's that steps that you see. Now, Bortles, will Blake Bortles be able to take a team like Jacksonville and put them in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know. I can't honestly say that. Can Bridgewater? I think so. I think mm. Bridgewater possibly can, you know, with, with the talent around him. you got to look at talent, too. I mean, Bridgewater has no talent, really. Yeah, Bridgewater will be a, a playoff quarterback before uh, Bortles is. And, and it's not it's not because of the quarterback themselves. you got to think about this, too. The Jacksonville Jaguars – are a poorly ran organization. That's the bottom line. They are a terrible organization that doesn't know anything about being successful. Like they make bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. And I'm, you know, I mean, just the Jaguars are a badly run organization. So. And then you got the the Vikings. The Vikings are they ran a little bit better, you know. It's just they they lost their best player this year um, in the uh, you know because of the you know the legal matters. But 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, Minnesota's going to be a playoff team way before Jacksonville is, way yeah. before. And Paul Paul made a good point in the chat room. He, he says he hates the NFL. I like the draft because of all the drama. I love the draft, actually. But Paul's right. These franchises ruin these kids' careers, really, because they suck. I mean, that's why it sucks to be the best player in college football, because you're going to the worst team in the NFL. I mean, Paul said made a point that Cam could be in Dallas right now. That's right. I mean, that's one thing, Cuervo, I wish they could change because wouldn't you like to see an elite talent play for a good team in his first year instead of this crap having to wait five years before he even does anything? Yeah, yeah, I, I would. I would, Tarvin. And that's why, like, I, I, I don't know how you could do it, but there's got to be a way to change it change it around. You rotate it. You rotate it. You say, okay, you get the first pick this year. Next year you get the the last pick. Or, you know, you keep doing it like that to where eventually a good team, no matter how good you are or what your record is, and Paul says make it like recruiting and put a cap on the money he offers on the contract, let the players decide, well, if the players decide that Jacksonville wouldn't have any players, would they? They'd be sitting there with no. With yeah, they, they would the all. Team. They would all. They would all be in in Denver, New England, um, you know, maybe Indianapolis, Seattle, San Francisco. Those would be the five teams they all go to. So, but think about it, Cuervo. It's like, you know, this year Dallas picks first overall. Well, next year they pick second. They keep going out. It rotates like that, where you know. If, if you pick, you know, 13th this year, you're going to 12th next year. And eventually, I mean, I know that's weird. It may not work like that either. But there's got to be a time where you say, look, Tampa Bay, you've sucked for so long. you screwed all these players up. We're not – we're just kicking you out of the NFL or something. We're not letting teams – you go off to the grocery store and find a Kurt Warner if you want a quarterback. And that's what you do. We're not giving you – one of these prized possessions. Andrew Luck's lucky, I mean, in a way that it worked out for him the way it did because the Colts sucked. I mean, you saw what they did with Sorgi and some of these guys. They sucked. And the fact that he's there right now doing what he's doing, you have to to tip your hat to him because it's it's hard to do that. You can't see these success stories. They don't happen like that. Flacco, nobody knew who he was until he got to the NFL rolling. So, I'd like to see something different, but let's let's roll real quick to the. If you'd like to call in six four six seven one six five five six four, I can't stay on too much longer. My wife told me I had to to take care of Wells tonight. She's tired, so I have to make sure because you don't want to hear him barking all night. Trust me on that. Six four six seven one six five five six four. Cuervo, the night. Who are you picking between the Cowboys and Packers? You you won't give me these games, man. I'm I'm having to pull it out of you. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't want to give too much away prior to the weekend, but um, yeah, I, I mean, you can change. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I like Green Bay. I think Green Bay would, is going to win this game. I just don't think um, Dallas is going to have enough on the defensive side to stop Aaron Rodgers, to stop uh, Nelson and Randall Cobb, and, and and all these weapons that they have on the offensive side. So uh, I'm going with Green Bay, and I just think they're playing better. All right, our our last game Sunday to see who's going to make the last chance, uh, chance to make a Super Bowl, make it to the AFC Championship game. 
the Colts and the Broncos in Denver. But Cuervo, this is not the Denver team to me of last year, really. I just I don't feel confident about what Peyton Manning's doing. Something's wrong. He hasn't thrown many touchdown passes lately. I don't know. This team seems to be losing an identity or something. Now Andrew Luck comes in. And, you know, after last year's tough loss to the Patriots on the road in the playoffs, I think he has some revenge on his mind. These two teams played earlier in Denver. Denver had a big lead. Andrew Luck cut into it, almost brought him back. I think, and I'm going to go ahead and say it before you can not so fast me here, the Colts go on the road and get a win. <laughs> yeah, because you already know I'm going to not so fast you on that one. I I, I think uh, I think the problem with, with uh, Indianapolis is the fact that it's a one to me. It's one man show in Indy, and obviously Luck is the one man. I mean, you tell me who who really do you fear on that Colts team? Who? Trent Richardson. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I think he's more afraid of you than than you are afraid of him. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my point, though, Tarvin. Nobody on that team. You know, there's nobody on that team that Denver's afraid of. T.Y. Hilton's not a threat. He drops too many passes. Reggie Wayne's past his prime. Plus, Peyton knows too much about him. Okay? The tight ends are okay, um, but they don't throw to them enough. And in the running game, yeah, this, we won't even go there. So, And I just feel like with Denver, you know, Demarius Thomas is a threat. Emmanuel Sanders can be a threat. Depending on the the health of Julius Thomas, he's a threat. So there's there's a difference, and I and and it's all about scoring points, and it's all about you know obviously stopping the other team. I just I just feel like Denver has more talent, even though Peyton's not playing well. Um, I think they're going to get it done with the running game because Indianapolis, they're not a very good run defense. They're not. So I think I like. Uh, you know, I, I definitely like the Broncos to win this game. Well, what's happened with Trent Richardson, man? He was a, a great running back at Alabama, and he has done nothing. And, I mean, zilch. He's like Mark Ingram in the NFL. I mean, you know, and I know the Saints are voting for Mark Ingram being the offensive MVP, which should tell you why your team sucks so bad if Mark Ingram is your MVP. Uh, but what's happened to Trent Richardson, man? He was the one Alabama running back that I could, I thought maybe had a possible career in the NFL, and he's done nothing with Cleveland. They got rid of him after drafting him high, and now he can't even play in Indy. I mean, what's going on? Uh, well, you know what? That's, that's, it's tough because there could be a lot Steroids. of different things going on. And, 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 I, think, and I think that, um, you know, Paul brings up a pretty interesting point. He says that, you know, programs run their players into the ground in the three to four years that they're there. And, uh, I mean, I think, I think, you know, he has a, he has a valid point, uh, you know, but <laughs> I know you've mentioned, I want to tell you about it. I want, I want steroids. Yeah. You've mentioned that before. So, um, no, I'm serious, man. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not accusing the guy, but, but the thing with steroids, the difference between college and the NFL is they test in the NFL for for HG, HGH and things like that and testosterone. 
But I'm telling you, in Alabama, you can you can shoot up whatever you want to do, get your money, and then you have to stay clean, and you can't play the same level. I'm telling you, and I and that's just my theory. I'm not saying I have proved anything, but this guy in college would deadlift a train and squatted. I mean, and now he can't even walk across the field without getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a good question, Tarvin. I mean, and. You know, the the Packers better enjoy Eddie Lacy now while they can because in two years he's probably not going to, like you said, I mean, he's just not going to be as effective. And I don't know. Maybe if they keep feeding him, uh, you know, hot dogs up there or whatever he's, he's on right now because that's a big boy. And, sure. um, but I think Paul's right, though. You know, like the, the carries, you think. With Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, and Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy was number three, which means, you know what, he saved his legs for those years. Those guys got ran to death, and now here's Eddie Lacy having a better pro career because his legs are better. Yeah, and you can even take it as far back as, um, you know, when Sean Alexander was played for Alabama. I mean, he had a few good years in the NFL, and he won an MVP and stuff like that, and, and the game was more – centered around the running game, but, you know, after, what, five years, Sean Alexander, he went to, he went to the, I mean, he went to the trash. He, he, was, he dumped, I mean, he just fell off the face of the earth, yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know, it's an Alabama thing or what, I don't know. I don't know. I think Paul's on with something, and I, I'm telling you guys, and I'm not trying to be funny, I really believe in my heart that my theory for this situation and certain ones is correct. So, I mean, hey, you know, if we all agreed, it would, this show would suck. But uh, let's move on real quick. The NFL is going to be great this weekend. I'll be glued to the TV Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon, no doubt about it, Cuervo. What about you? Are you going to miss one of these games? I sure hope not. Or, or my wife's going to get an earful for me. But, no, I mean, I mean I'm going to try to watch as much as I can. Um the one I'm looking forward to the most, though, is definitely the uh, the Dallas and Green Bay game. Uh, I do want to catch the Ravens and Patriots as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, this is the best weekend, uh, obviously, aside from the Super Bowl. These are the best four games then, that we're going to see in the playoffs. Well, it's the best three-day stretch because we have Saturday and Sunday all NFL. Monday night, the national championship of the first college football playoff featuring the Oregon Ducks from the Pac-12. Some people say they're the best conference in football. I don't think they're there yet. Against Ohio State and and, and Cuervo, I, I think the Oregon game was put away pretty early. I don't think it was ever in doubt that Oregon was going to beat Florida State. But how much did Ohio State put into that Alabama game of knocking them off? The big Alabama Crimson Tide emotionally, can they can they bounce back? and actually play a team like Oregon that's fast-paced and everything and stay focused? Or did or did they win their championship uh, New Year's Day night against against Alabama? Well, you know, they put a lot into it. And, and I get where you're going with this, Tarvin, and I think I think you bring up a very good point. You know, they Ohio State put a lot of effort into beating this team, especially after they were down 21-6 right before the half, and everybody was writing Ohio State off right there. See, shouldn't have put him in. TCU should have gotten the spot. <laughs> then second half happened, 
And now we're talking about, you know, well, you know, Alabama shouldn't be in or whatever people are saying now. And then the SEC is overrated and all that other BS. But, you know what I mean? That's just, you got to play, you got to play all four quarters. You know, this is two years in a row now that Alabama does that, uh, where, you know, they, they jump on the team and then they just let it go. And I don't know if, Something, why I have this thought in my head, I don't know, Tarver, but something tells me, like, the, you know, Alabama jumps on these teams, and then they're like, well, we know we can beat this team, so we're just going to put it in cruise control. If we win, we win. If not, then, eh, whatever. But we've already shown that we can we can jump on teams and we can beat teams. So, yeah, if we win, whatever. I, I just feel like, there's too much of, of a laid back attitude at Alabama. They're not they're not the hungry football team that they were five years ago when Nick Saban showed up. So that concerns me if I'm a Bama fan, Tarvin. It really does. Yeah, and, and speaking of Bama real quick, guys, I've had a big problem with them and you know, I'm an Auburn guy and and, and I, I always give Saban praise, you know, I don't ever just put him down, but this is terrible for Alabama and, and I'll go back to the kid first. That, that those four kids beat the crap out of this kid on campus, robbed him, I mean, beat him to death, saving less him back on the team. But this guy, former former Georgia defensive tackle Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if you remember this, Cuervo, Cuervo he was dismissed from, from Georgia in July after being arrested and charged with felony aggravated assault and family violence. He enrolled at Alabama today, and you know what he did? He, I mean, he choked and repeatedly struck a 170-pound girlfriend with a closed fist in the school dorm room. The arrest was Taylor's second of the year. I'm quoting CBS right here. With the Millen, Georgia native, one of, Bulldog, one of four Bulldogs charged with theft by deception in March. So not only is this guy a thief, he's beaten family members, he's beaten girlfriends, but yet Nick Saban, after losing to Ohio State, yes, I'm calling you out, Nick Saban, and if you're a Bama fan you have a problem with that, give me a call. But how low do you have to be to bring somebody like that on your pro- in your program? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, with that being said, Barbara, I mean, it kind of sounds to me like there's not much of a standard there. And, the, well, the standard is win. It doesn't matter about your character outside, your moral character or your moral fiber. Hey, can you play? Oh, you can. Oh, okay. Oh, come, come, come back and enroll here. You know, I got a spot for you on the team. You know, so and so is probably going to go pro and whatever. Whatever he says to these kids. Hey, see these rings right here? You want one of these? Want to? You want to contribute and get one of these? All right. Well, we'll see you in, we'll see you in and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, Cuervo, that there's people who are mad at me and Trey for talking. I can't remember the kid's name. For some reason, it's slipping my head. The guy that actually beat a kid half to death on campus. Now, this kid has to come back to school and go through, and now he's walking the streets with this, this lunatic. And you know what? Because he was good at football, Saban wanted to give him a second chance. And our problem was not with a second chance sometimes for a kid, but being at that same school. But this guy, you're beating family members, you're you're beating girl women, and and you're uh, committing fraud. I mean, my God! I mean, it'd be different if he had a DUI or something, or smoked a little weed. But this guy's a very violent person, it seems like. But Alabama, with open arms, 
bringing him in. I mean, and, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me, but did that lost Ohio State really shake Nick Saban up? Because now the fans are questioning him. They're questioning Kirby Smart, the defensive coordinator, the whole dynasty of Alabama. They, I mean, it's two bowl games in a row they've lost. I don't know, and, and Paul said it's funny how the Bama fans say that Saban can fix them. Well, how's he going to fix them? I don't, I don't know. You can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid, Tarvin, and, and that's not that this well, kid stupid, is. He's, no, stupid is is smoking a joint or doing something, getting a DUI or something. This is bad. When you're beating women with your closed fists in their dorm and family violence and uh, felony. Oh, yeah, I agree. Assault. I agree. That's what I was getting at. Not that he's he's dumb. No, he's beyond dumb. He's ignorant. He's ignorant. He's an ignorant young man. That's what he is. And I don't even know the guy's name. I don't even know. But just the fact that, you know, he beats on, he beats on, uh, uh, you know, girls and things like that. Um, you know, that, that tells me everything I need to know about him. And, uh, you're, you're a recruiter in the Marines, Cuervo. Sorry to interrupt. You're a recruiter in the Marines. If if a kid comes to you and you look at his past and he has violence against women or people, what are you going to say to it? Oh, I tell him to get out of my office that he's not joining. And I and I did it before. I did it before when I when I was recruiting. I'm not recruiting anymore. But when I did, um, I I I would you know I would tell them that they they are not allowed to join the Marines. And they would try to argue with me. I'm like, well, you know, you, you can't be putting your, you just can't put your hands on women, dude. Like, no, we're not letting you in with with that type of background. And of course, they'd get mad or whatever. But you know, that's the way it is. You're not getting in. You're not getting in if you hit women. Well, if I beat somebody half to death tonight, and my company found found out about it, I'd be fired. Well, I'm, I'm in the financial industry. I don't think another financial industry is going to take a waiver on me and try to get me. You know, I think they're going to be like, holy uh-huh. crap. You know, I mean, it's, it's the same with that. I mean, you know, you 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 keep your nose clean and your head on straight. You get a chance to play college football to go to the NFL. If you can't obey the rules of society like that, you should not be able to to be on campus with people like that and, and be rewarded chance to go to the NFL. I think Nick Saban – is going to get hammered in the media. And you know how he acts when he gets hammered in the media. It's not good. But real quick, who do you like in this national championship game before we go? You know, I, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be pulling for Oregon, Tarvin, but it's really hard to bet against Urban Meyer. It really is. It's hard to bet against. I'm going to be, I'm going to be going for Oregon, though. I'm going to find something neon green to wear, and I'm going to be like, go Ducks. But – you know, I it's it's just hard to see Urban Meyer losing a game like this yeah. because it's very well, rare that that happens. I just think to me, the only way Oregon wasn't going to get a chance to play for the champ or win a championship is if if an SEC team got there. And I'm I'm honestly um, say I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I think it it really benefits Oregon getting an SEC team out of that championship. I think Ohio State, they they really surprised some people and everything. They they beat Wisconsin fifty nine to nothing. They in a way they snuck up on Alabama. They they I think they played above their head that night. But I think Oregon is a team with that tempo and pace, they wear you down. 
It's just you can't play four quarters against that. It's just like they break your back. You can be close, and all of a sudden they put up 21 points in a quarter, and I think that's what gets Ohio State. I think it's midway through the third quarter, Cuervo. I think Oregon takes care of business, kind of separates it by two scores, and I think they could blow the doors off Ohio State. I like Oregon pretty big in this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and Ohio State's going to have to score touchdowns. They're going to have to score touchdowns. You can't, you can't, the way they played against Bama, and it was 21-6. If you go down 21-6 against the Ducks, you're, I mean, that's it. I it's going to be hard. Honestly, and I, and I know everybody thought the same thing against Bama, but you're talking about a fast-paced offense in Oregon that, that wears your, like you said, they wear your defense down and, and, and you know, in the fourth quarter, it, it, they're, they're going at the same speed they did at the start of the game. And you're like, how the hell do these guys have so much energy, but they do. And, and, and they have so much speed and, and it's amazing, you know, and that, and that's, that's going to be the key is, is just that fast paced offense. They're going to have to find a way to slow them down. Um, and I can't believe I can't believe we don't have Oregon fans calling in the show tonight to talk about this game. You know, I actually have an Oregon hat and an Oregon shirt my wife bought me uh, when she was in, in Oregon not too long ago. I've always been a closet Oregon fan. I like the way their team plays. I just like watching them, man. I just I really enjoy watching them. So I'll be wearing my Oregon Duck T shirt on on Monday night and my hat. And no, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I'm not gonna be an Oregon fan because of it. But, hey, if Ohio State and the Big Ten are playing against Oregon, I'm going to take Oregon. Why not? You know, I mean, Urban Meyer did what he was supposed to do. He he beat Alabama, and now it's time for, for Helfrich to, to win the first and only national championship. Because let me tell you, Oregon Ducks fans, something out there, and you tell me what you think, Cuervo. Once Mariota go, he goes, that's really Chip Kelly's recruits, too. They're all starting to leave. I think Oregon takes a step back. You've got UCLA, Southern Cal getting better. I mean, I just think Oregon's going to be the third or fourth team in the Pac-12 going forward after this year. Yeah, I think I mentioned that. I mentioned that to you before. Maybe it's been funny that I said it. Yeah, I, I stole it. I think I stole it from you. That's <laughs> okay. I, I don't. I don't have. I don't have copyright ownership. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, Helfrich just it doesn't. It doesn't seem like he has the same type of uh, intensity like Chip Kelly does. The intensity of those feels like it's not there like it was with Chip and some of the guys. I mean, you can already see it, the difference in, in the running game. And, and nothing against the guys that they have now, uh, but, you know, Chip Kelly had guys like DeAnthony Thomas and Kenyon Barner at running back and, uh, you know, some of those, some of those, these guys that they have now, again, nothing, nothing against them, but they are not on Barner and 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 the Anthony Thomas's level. It's not even close. No, they're not. Paul thinks we're sniffing glue, but I'm telling you, watch Oregon when they lose Mariota. I'm telling you, and that's what I want Paul to understand. Mariota's gone. Oregon will not win another. Well, championship in the next until they get an elite quarterback with some experience and pay their dues. Really, you mark my words on this show right now, and want to say congratulations Especially, to Smoltzy. Oh, go ahead, Corner. 
No, I was going to say, especially if if uh, if UCLA keeps Jim Moore Jr. and he doesn't wind up going to the NFL, and, and also Arizona is solid too. If Rich Rod stays in Arizona, you know that's another that's another team that's going to compete with them in the Pac-12. So you got USC, UCLA, you got Arizona, you got uh, Arizona you State. Somebody else. Arizona State is is going to be you know solid team. So I mean the Pac-12 is loaded. Stanford's not going anywhere. David Shaw's not going anywhere, so Stanford's going to be a contender. So Pac-12's loaded. They are, and and Smoltz made the Hall of Fame. Just want to throw that out there. But in baseball, no Barry Bonds, which disappoints me. I'm ready to see him. Cuervo, I've got a role. Paul, thanks for joining us as well. Cuervo, it's fun co-hosting with you. Thanks, Bertram, for calling in, talking some recruiting with us. We'll be back on. We'll be back on live Sunday night, and we're going to have a lot to talk about. We'll preview that championship game a little more and talk about these playoff games. But take care, Cuervo, and we'll see you on, uh, that being said, Sunday morning. At What time are you going this Sunday morning or next Sunday morning? Uh, well, we're going to start normal time, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern, your time. It'll be 8 o'clock over here on the West Coast. Well, we're going to be on Saturday, too. We're going to be on right after Sports Talk with the guys, um, and we're going to preview the Saturday games. And uh, hopefully we'll have enough time to sneak in a little bit on campus, maybe talk a little more college, a little more national title game. And, um, you know, it, it'll be it'll be fun. Uh, our, our Nick Saban's going to prison now trying to find him a, some recruits. It's almost signing day. He's trying to get him a couple more five stars. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably find them there too. <laughs> he'll find some good talents over there to, to play for the to play for time. Well, all right, guys. Cuervo, thanks. Paul, take care. We'll see you Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Have a good night. You too, bud.